Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Be upset now if there's a butterfly in my room at night and I couldn't get it out. I what might the- even have to get my fly. Okay, moths are. Mots are- Moths are disgusting. Yeah, moths are disgusting, and they're kind of like you know, bouncy noise. And you feel them flying on your head and yeah. stuff. And you're like, oh God! But butterflies are nice, are they not? Um, Karen has seen no. the light. Karen has seen the light, so don't don't don't, uh, don't worry about that. Yeah. So uh, any other strange fears, you can let us know. Uh, we were chatting to Katie there. She's a fear of people who, uh, well, I suppose people in masks when she can't see people's faces. I wonder. We never asked her about the face mask thing. Now, whether she was nervy going yeah, up to people. Actually, that's interesting. But I'd say it's more scary Halloween mask when you can't actually see the face. That mm. was a pretty strange one. And then the the butterflies is another odd one. And the most strange one I've come across is one person with the tomato sauce phobia. Yeah. And also the uh, cotton wool phobia. Yeah, cotton wool is very, very strange. Obviously, the fear of bananas is also quite odd. That is odd. There's, yeah, I don't even want to go there. There's issues there. There is, yeah. You know, yeah. Fear of bananas is like, well, Freud would have a field date with you, Hannah. <laughs> He'd be like, oh, fear of bananas, is it? Well, no, come on in, take a seat. And a fear of balloons as well. Like, I don't. maybe when they pop, they can scare you, but a fear of them. Yeah. I don't know. We're an odd bunch, but sure, look, we'll get there in the end. Uh, Friday show as well, our Halloween special is back. It is all about... It's all about 2020. It's all about feeling trapped and we're taking it to the extreme. We have got people on who've taken part in one of the most horrifically torturous experiences for a Halloween uh, haunted house experience. It's called McCamey Manor. Uh, Google it and you'll just be like, what in the name of God is going on? But we have the owner on from McCamey Manor. We've also got one of the one person who has actually taken part in it. You have to sign like a 50-page waiver saying that if you die, it's not their fault. They've pulled people's teeth out of this thing. They've trapped them underwater. They waterboard them. There is just mad stuff that goes on at this quote-unquote haunted house experience because they have a lot of problems. It's kind of like a, people who are a glutton for torture. Yeah, pretty much. I don't know why anyone would want to sign up for this and yeah. pay to go and yeah, take part in this and pay to go so we'll be doing that and chatting to those people and also we'll be chatting to a couple of people who have been uh, trapped in comas for about 10 years but were fully consciously aware that they were in the coma so everyone else thought they were brain dead but they could hear everything they could see everything they knew they were lying in a hospital room they could see their families they could hear their families but they had absolutely no way to communicate that they were aware and that they were fully conscious and spent uh, decades lying there unable to communicate unable to be responsive they've obviously come out the other side thankfully but we'll be chatting to a couple of people who are trapped in their own bodies for years and you'll be able to electrocute me I cannot wait for that and now getting messages in saying we have shot collars for our dogs 
and they are very strong. Yeah, they make the dog scream. And somebody also suggested you should get a taser, but I'm pretty sure they're illegal. Yeah, they are illegal. I can't do that. Same with pepper spray. Someone else said pepper oh, yeah. spray is also illegal. I cannot it, blind you. Is pepper spray illegal? Yeah, I think oh, it is. It is you yeah. can't carry that around in Ireland. I knew a, a, I knew a doorman before who had some in a pen. It looked like a pen, but it was actually pepper spray. Yeah, I remember being in a house party and someone pepper spraying us. <laughs> For Couldn't the crack, see for like. ages. Oh yeah, the lads were going around. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, we were blinded. Uh, lol. Uh, that's funny. Uh, illegal. Always pepper spray responsibly. Yeah, don't v- do it. Visit uh, pepperspray.aware.ie for more information on that. Uh, still to come, we'll be chatting to an expert in body language about how you can improve your communication because maybe your body language is repelling people away from you and that's why you're going to die alone. But you'll be able to change that shortly when we chat to our... Uh, uh, resident expert in body language that's on the way shortly and we'll have music from Sagala Topic with A7S and Stormzy his latest on the way here on FM 104 FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. oh yeah a week into lockdown so this is one week down Woo! five to go almost yeah exactly uh, it was Wednesday last week at 12 o'clock yeah. when the lockdown kicked in so it's what six past almost seven past eleven Week one is almost there. And it flew in, didn't it? No, but uh, we had a bank holiday weekend to kick things off where it dragged, where it was just like, what did you do? Nothing! Nothing! One down and five to go. But look, I mean, we're told everything is looking good. Heading in the right direction. Heading in the right direction, yeah. So we'll keep washing your face and your hands and stuff like that. Uh, Good news as well, if you are a fan of Narcos on Netflix. I love Narcos cracking show yeah what a show. really really good show if you haven't watched it and you're kind of I'm jealous of you if you have not seen this yet mm. because you get to see season one and two season two it, it's heavy it is heavy very good though it's emotional based I think on a better story. than season one yeah probably anyway apparently season three is coming back uh, on Netflix shortly as well and uh, over the weekend because there was nothing to do um, on the weekend I wound up watching all of The Queen's Gambit the TV show about chess on Netflix Wow, I have started That's to how bad watch things were. Fresh Meat. Oh, what's that? That TV show it was from a few years ago with Jack Whitehall. Very funny. No. Fair, you'd actually really like it. Well, I don't, I don't really like Jack Whitehall. Do you not? No. Oh, he's gassing. And this. here's why I don't really like him is because he's clearly gone to acting school. Do you know what I mean? Everything is very theatrical and dramatic and over the top. Well, this is a comedy show and obviously he's meant to be an absolute a-hole in it. Oh, right. Which kind of suits him, I guess. But comedy-wise, I don't really know what he's like. Yeah. yeah okay. But yeah, definitely he um, is a an actor. An actor, indeed. Yeah, Listen, think. good news for Narcos. Season 3 is coming. And then... Um, that's obviously one to watch. The Queen's Gambit, if you're bored and you, you like your... You don't even need to like chess. It's, it's grand. It's not bad. It's worth a watch. It sounds so boring. It's a little boring, I'll be honest with you. It is a little boring. Like There's other things you can watch. I've watched everything else on Netflix at this stage. <laughs> there's nothing left to watch. What else did we watch? Watch Fresh Meat then. I don't, you haven't sold me on Fresh Meat. No, watch it. It's really funny. You'd actually really enjoy it. The other movie I started to watch... Oh, what was it? It's a comedy show, by the way, with a group of strangers, essentially all different backgrounds, all different personalities that are renting a house. Jack Whitehall, his parents own the house. Mm. So he's kind of the landlord and they're early 20s idiots. And they get up to all sorts and it's very funny. Okay. I'll add it to the list. Do. I'm just trying to think of anything else that's come out. Oh, Borat. I watched Borat on on, on the weekend as well, the second movie, yeah. By the way, South Park's um, 
pandemic episode is out. Where? What? Oh, I How? To, yeah, I think it's... Is it? Is this an illegal streaming it, site that you're using? No, it wasn't. Was it Netflix or no. Now TV? Oh, for, I don't have... I'll have to double check for you because I was meant to write to you. Everything's all over the place because you have like HBO Max, we have Amazon Prime, you have Apple TV, you have Netflix. It is amazing. Have you seen it? Yes, I've seen it. I won't say anything. Borat, Borat's grand. Uh, Worth a watch. Uh, A lot of people were saying though it should be I like Borat. He should be cancelled. No, he's hilarious. I know, but it should be cancelled. He's playing off racial stereotypes and everyone's like why does he get a pass and isn't cancelled? When everyone else who would come even half as close to the bone as he does gets cancelled, cut down. Shouldn't be cancelled. <clears throat> it's comedy. No, no, you have to cancel everything. I have this dream in the future that jokes are going to be illegal and police are going to raid your house looking for like penguin bars and they'll bring them back and kind of go, what's I this stuff now? penguin bars. Are they gone? Uh, no, they're still there, but they have the ones that have the jokes on the back of them. And oh. you won't be allowed, that'll be deemed like oh, as yeah, bad true. as heroin. They'll be bringing you in and be going, we found these penguin bars in your room. We want to explain this. Christmas crackers. They'll I be don't gone. want to be alive then. They'll be, they'll be, yeah, so I'd say it's about what, 18 months away? Probably. Yeah. Because the COVID has kicked the life out of most people and everything was so antsy and serious and uptight and now that'll just... No more jokes, lads. No. Uh, Eno, thanks for the message in. I hope you're well, sir. Good evening to you as well. Uh, I hate... I hate earwigs. Oh, earwigs are disgusting. By the way, you never really see them around the place. So then when you do see one, mm. you get really creeped out by them. Because they're so abnormal and they're so eerie and they're in dark eerie. places. Hey, hey, they are hey. eerie, actually, yeah. That's probably where they got their name. They're very Ear-wigging. eerie indeed, yeah. Creepy things. Okay. Uh, oh, a couple of texts that we're getting in through here now. Signal's a bit dodgy tonight, but they're, they're slowly coming through. Mr. Marley, good evening. He has a ter- terrifying fear of clowns. I know someone with the fear of clowns as well, actually, yeah. Really? Yeah. Now, I used to work for a company where we used a clown puppet at the end of the... Mm. the end of the day so I'm going to say it's a company Punch for kids for, for, no it's for young kids from yeah. I think it's zero to four or five they, they do it it's called Jimboree and they have a clown puppet called Jimbo that nice. comes out at the end and he kisses all the kids on the cheek your, your puppet and you sing to Jimbo at the end they loved him but you can buy Jimbo as a teddy so it's okay. a clown teddy Okay, maybe it's just people who watched it yeah, well, I watched It, but of course I didn't watch it when I was five because it wasn't out then. Mr. Marley, did you watch It when you were five? Is that where the fear Mr. came Marley, from? Mr. Marley, I've I've a feeling you're probably a little bit older than like 20. I used to be 24. Really? I don't know. No, I think Mr. Marley's probably in his 30s like we are. You're in your 40s, sir. I'm not in my 40s. I'm 32. In 50. In I'm, 50. Lit- I'm literally only gone so you'll be getting for I'm your 50th baby. birthday. You'll be getting the vaccine for your 50th. <laughs> It'll be a bit of crack. Uh, Hey guys, I have a bad fear of heights. I can't go to the top floor of my school, it's that bad. If you have to look down, then I'll be petrified. But when it comes to not looking down, it's only when when you look down. So you can look out of a skyscraper, but you can't look down. Yeah, I kind of get that. Right, okay. It is scary though. I always feel, um, I don't know if anyone else feels this, when you're very high up and you're on top of like a cliff or something and you're looking over or a very tall building and you look over you have that weird moment where you go imagine I just fell off this thing. no I'm always like imagine if I pushed someone off yeah I've, I've thought like that as well Bing. I always do that and this. then you get that real out of bother, body experience where you're like oh god yeah it's horrible <laughs> 
Oh dear. Uh, the fear of Christmas. Is this a joke or is that actually Christogeniacticophobia? I actually can imagine that is that is real. Um, how you can fear Christmas is beyond me. In saying that, I remember for school we had to go around. You know, you have to go yep. on Grafton Street and get money for some charity or whatever at the time. I remember some guy came up to me and he said, I hate Christmas. I absolutely hate Christmas. And he's like, I don't have some a people, reason for it. I just hate it. Some people hate it. Some people hate it because it's like over commercialized and it's destroying the spirit and it's just become a the corporate spirit is presence. A corporate conglomerate. You know, it's lost all of its meaning. It's all about presence and keeping up with the Joneses and making sure that your kid has the better PlayStation or the better Xbox or the better runners or the better iPhone than the neighbours. Yeah. That's it. It's not about Jesus's message. What or, is his message? Uh, or Santa's message that it's okay for an old man to sneak into your kid's room with a giant sack. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> with his giant sack. With his giant sack. Showering them in gifts. Oh, God. Yeah, like sit on the old man's knee. And, and then I'll come into weird. your gaff later on. I'll give you a present. It'll be our little secret. Yeah. Write me Why a note. Why does Mrs. Claus not do it? Because of the patriarchy. Like, that's shocking now, yeah. isn't it? But she can't drive. Oh, she's not allowed, is she? She should be going with Santa, though. The two of them should be doing... No, she used to stay at home in the equal kitchen. Equal work, no? Yeah, because Santa is a patriarchal overlord. That's really sad. The more I think about back. that, that, yeah. that makes me very angry. Well, I guarantee you, Santa Claus will probably be cancelled in a few years because he is a white male in yeah. a position of power. And he, and he's got slaves. The elves, ooh, they're slaves. Yeah. And as you said, there's no, uh, there's no women. Like, a girl can never look up and say, oh, I want to be Santa someday because Santa's a boy. You can't be Santa though. You, but you can aspire to being a man with a big beard. You could be, yeah. But I mean, you some women can grow a beard. In fairness, some women can. But there you go. No, Santa will be cancelled. Saint Nicholas, that's where it came from as well. That'll be cancelled because it's too religious. Santa will be cancelled because it's not gender neutral. Yeah. It's horrifying. It's a bit scary, isn't it? It's just, you know, it's not on. Santa should be... Don't ban Santa. No, we're going to have to ban Santa. No, we can't. We have to ban no, Santa, no. yeah. Santa uh, probably uses up a lot of fuel as well, so it's bad for the environment. Going all over the world when people can just probably deliver. F- I just can't believe reindeers can fly. Well, yeah, that's the main purpose. So should we ban Santa this evening? That's what we want to know. No, we're not putting that out there. Just well, maybe year on, year off that Mrs. Claus can fly one year and I'd Santa can be at home looking after the slaves. I'd feel better knowing that Mrs. Claus was delivering my presents. Well, maybe she's looking after the admin. Back. Yeah, maybe she is. Yeah, thought that's what the elves were meant to do. But she looked. But they're making the presents and the toys. Yeah, but what are they doing once they're made? I mean, they're probably just tied up. They're probably just doing nothing. They're probably in a labor camp. That's what Santa's running—a labor camp, something you'd see in North Korea, up in the North Pole. Pretty much. North Korea, North Pole. Does Santa have weapons of mass destruction? He probably does, because it's the only way he'd be able to develop an engine that can get around so quickly. You know what I mean? Santa's Scary probably got thought. nuclear technology that can manipulate spacetime. I mean, Santa is a dictator. Santa, you leave Santa alone. Santa, Santa has brought me Santa, joy every year of my life. Santa is a fascist, patriarchal dictator who is just destroying society and keeping women and minorities down. Ban Santa. I was going to set up that campaign this Christmas to ban Santa. I think we should wait till next Christmas when life well, is well, a little in fairness, bit more In fairness, Christmas has been cancelled already. Has it already? Yeah, has it. Do you think? Kind of like Halloween. Halloween is like a no-go. Christmas is gone. 
What do you mean Christmas is gone? Christmas is gone. We're not having loads of people over now. Loads of people over on your Zoom calls. Oh, we're having a Zoom dinner. You can sit on Santa's virtual knee and tell him everything that you want and wear a mask and be covered in or separated by plexiglass. Yeah, listen. That's the crack anyway. We're just having a lovely little miserable (laughs) Wednesday evening. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalong. Oh my God, I am fascinated by people who can do different accents. You're pretty good in fairness to you. I am terrible. I was never good. I was never good with languages and I was never good with uh, doing different accents and stuff. And I have a friend who's Scottish, which I find really difficult. But she was saying, right, try and say this word and that word. And I could never do it. So now I can say Spice Girls in Scottish. Oh, go on, go on, go on. With a Scottish accent. So my Scottish accent saying Spice Girls... She told me to say space ghettos. So, space ghettos, space ghettos. No. You sound like a Californian girl talking about space ghettos. <laughs> it's meant to sound a little bit like Spice Girls in say the Scottish accent. Space ghettos. Okay, that one, that was a little better. That will give you that one. That was that was a little bit better. But listen, we'll bring on the professionals now this evening. Somebody who has racked up a huge amount of followers online for his uh, abilities to take off everyone from professional boxers to David Attenborough to the Sopranos and also Tyson Fury is, uh, and Peaky Blinders. If you're a fan of Peaky Blinders, there's a lot of excellent Peaky Blinders impressions as well. But uh, we're joining us now on Room 104 this evening. We're delighted to welcome on Tony Lapidus, impressionist, sir. How are things? Great, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Tony, great. what did you make of my um, impression? I think uh, I'd give it full marks for effort. And, uh, <laughs> and get full marks for that. Maybe give it a few more practices, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> more <okay>. recording. <laughs> I tried. Um, yeah, I couldn't do better myself. Uh, that's a, a good way to put it, sir. The effort was outstanding, but we will unfortunately leave it leave it at that. Tony, come here. You have got a, a rare and unique talent to kind of impersonate a hell of a lot of other people. But when did you discover that you could kind of do this? I discovered it when I was very young. I was started doing impressions mainly of teachers. Um, you know, I was making people laugh a lot in school when I was making fun of the teachers, um, really from about the age of six or seven. And uh, I could always just pull them off. I could always just do them and, and people would find it really funny in school. And then I started like doing them for my family of friends, you know, family friends and stuff like that. So it was a really young age. Now, how do you actually know that you're doing a good impression of someone? And this is what I struggle with, because obviously my Space Ghettos thing I thought was pretty good when I it hear it myself. Surgery. But yeah, other people are listening to that going, that doesn't sound anything like the person or, you know, that kind of thing. So did, yeah. Did you know, like, did you record yourself? Well, first off, the, the, the attempt that you just gave now was even better than the last one. So, again, more marks for improvement. <laughs> Second off, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, I basically, I, I guess you know just from the reactions that you get from people. Um, uh, you know, people respond differently to them. You always get a little bit of stick for all of them um, now and again, but mostly um, as long as people have responded well to them and they keep coming to you as well. That's how it was throughout school, throughout school with me. You know, people kept coming to me saying, do this one, do that one, do that one, do that teacher. So uh, you kind of get a knack for it that way, you know. And are you doing this just online or, well, I suppose now we kind of just have to because of COVID or whatever, but were you, were you gigging with this at all or were you doing shows or what was the plan? Um, so I was doing it mainly online. I just started doing it in social media. Um, I always say to people, like, for friends, it was quite difficult when people would tell me to do it on the spot. But then I started doing it on social media and it became easier to just do it on demand, kind of. Um, yeah. Shows is something that I've, I, have, I have done, little shows here and there, and I want to do more. 
Um, but that's just something that will come in time as I'm, you know, I'm gradually building up my following on the, on, online and stuff like that. And obviously you're going to do a few for us now in a few minutes, but is there any accent or any character you just cannot master? Some of the Irish ones are really hard for me, actually. Yes, yeah, some of them are really, really hard. I can't do Paulie from The Sopranos as well. I do Sopranos characters, but for some reason, Paulie, uh, if you know, he, he's someone I just couldn't do, and he's such a character, but for some reason, he uh, he eludes me. I don't know why. <laughs> so, uh, in fairness, like there's there's a whole range of Irish, even in Dublin, there's a whole range of Dublin accents to get through, so we can understand it to be a, a, a bit of a challenge. But you, you've an excellent yeah. David Attenborough one, and he was in the news recently getting uh, hunted down by Extinction Rebellion people. But um, him, with some advice for COVID-19, I don't know if your David Attenborough is available to speak to us now. COVID-19 has been... For me, an absolute pleasure and a privilege. I have been afforded the opportunity to remain as I like it, in complete solitude and silence. And I would recommend the same for you. How's that? How's that for advice? Oh, I love that. Do you know something? He has the nicest voice ever that I would nearly pay you, Tony, to read me a bedtime story. I would, do, I would, I would definitely do that. If the price is right, I'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you, man, you should start doing knockoff meditation CDs with David Attenborough just definitely. for like twenty quid and just stream yeah. them online uh, and you know what I did actually on, on my social media on my Instagram. I did um, when he joined Instagram. He uh, he uh, did a few videos and he keeps doing them. And I put out like um, I put out like a voiceover one. You know, I dubbed it. Yeah. Um, and people were like, oh, I didn't realize that. Honestly, people were like, I didn't realize that wasn't him. So that was a that was a that was a goal. I'll keep doing them. There'll be more of them to come. Maybe in a bedtime story form, I'll even do one yes. for you. <laughs> that would be lovely. Yeah, yeah that'd be he. That, that that's a very good one. Now, your other one, obviously, for boxing fans out there, will obviously know Tyson Fury. Your Tyson Fury one is, I would have to say, pretty spot on. Uh, well, you know, it depends what you want. It depends whether you're talking about his voice has actually changed throughout the years. It used to be quite a normal voice. He had quite a normal one. Then he went all croaky and husky. And it became funnier in the sense because when he spoke like that, he just called people a bum and a dust. And I think that the more husky that his voice came, the more people he called a, buster, a, a bum and a dosser and a giant brick shithouse. The only problem <laughs> with doing Toys and Fury is that you can't keep it up for too long. And you can probably guess why, because it starts to take a toll on your throat. And <laughs> with his dad, don't forget his dad, John Fury, who's a proper hard man. You know, he speaks like that as well and he takes a toll on his throat, but you've got to be proper hard. To imitate his dad, proper ad man. Don't worry about that. That's I'm, I'm just wondering. Um, you're going to have to try and figure out a way to like call one of Tyson Fury's mates or his managers or his agent or something, and just give it to him down the phone and see if he'll buy it because it's very good. Yeah, well, I saw when I saw him. When I saw him, uh, I, met, I bumped into him recently, completely by chance, and because he's, he's always been really nice and supported supported me. And he's uh, he said yeah. to me, he said, I, "I said I'm the one that does an impression of you." He says. You're definitely getting me better. <laughs> <laughs> what what so, yeah, is the most uh, kind of popular video that you have? Uh, so people really love the Tyson Fury one, and, and people really love the John Fury one. That was a new one because he also joined Instagram quite kind of late, huh. like just just recently. So the John Fury one, and and John on my Instagram, I put up a thing as well of him responding to it because I did I did like a day in a life of him and made him out to like eat nails and like sleep on a ladder, <laughs> like things of a pro, like a, t- of a tough guy. <laughs> and there's a video of him. He responded to they, that whole family found it really funny. But the thing that really got me, I suppose, after my first thousand followers was that actually Peaky Blinders. Um, that there was like a, that the series was still coming out, 
Um, and so I just imitate, you know, people, Tommy Shelby and, and, and all of them, really. Uh, so that was what they liked, yeah. Uh, the Peaky Blinders ones are, yeah, seem to be really popular as well. But you do a very, very good Tony Soprano. In fact, I know you did the, pretty much the whole cast of Tony of, of of the Sopranos, but your Tony Sopranos one is is pretty good. Tony Soprano, let me fucking tell you something. You better listen up close. Get a cup of coffee, shut the fuck down, and listen to what I'm fucking saying to you. Tony Soprano, what you gotta do? You gotta kind of smile, even when you're talking. You gotta move. You gotta blink. You gotta breathe. You gotta get angry. And then you gotta fucking intimidate the person just by fucking looking at him. You understand what the fuck I'm saying, Neil? <laughs> I love that. That's brilliant. I can see, I can see his face, and I can feel your face as well, because you definitely yeah. need a, like a, the Robert De Niro eyes that are kind of like, ah, you schmuck. Yeah, exactly. You can't, you can't do Tony Soprano. I can't do him without doing the face. I can't do him without moving in the way he does. Otherwise, it's just not going to come out right. You know, you have to actually move and look like him. Even though I'm about three hundred pounds uh, slimmer than he was, <laughs> you know, I still have to try yeah. and look like him. <laughs> but yeah, oh no. Uh, it, no, they're great. Um, any tips for, let's say, someone like Sergio who was trying to master uh, the impression or the different accent? Like, do you spend much time practicing or listening back to yourself, or how do you go about developing the skill? Yeah, I think it's something that evolves with time. I used to think, because, um, like I say, I always did it growing up. Um, I used to think like, oh, if I just whack them online, if I just put them online, that like, they'll be good. But then when I look back on them, some of them from the beginning, even ones that are still up there, I see the changes. I see. You know, I can hear the changes and see them in the mannerisms. So I'll give you an example. My first Donald Trump one I ever did was not was not good. Um, you know, I was, I was still learning him. I was still watching him. And yeah. it went from very husky, a bit like Tyson Fury, but an American version. So I'll, I'll tell you how it started, actually. It started a bit like this. Yeah. Great nation. It wasn't great. And then I decided to change it. I realized that the way Donald Trump speaks, he's not so husky. He's from the USA. He's not so husky. But he was running for president <laughs> at the time. So you know what I did? You know what I did? I'll tell you what I did. I decided that I needed to master him. So I watched myself over and over. I really did watch myself over and over again. And it became really wonderful, frankly, the likes of which the world has never seen. So that changed over time. Um, oh, wow, that's good. <laughs> Thank you. Similarly, the, the, the Tony Soprano one as well, actually. I was such a fan, you know, I watched them. Um, twice or three times and it started off it was it was a bit like Popeye but then I realised you can't you have to go down you have to go up a bit you have to make it change a bit you know what I mean so it is it's always learning um, it's always learning the uh, like the intonation in the Trump is spot on as well it's, nearly, it's his rhythm that is just as important as the sound of his voice when he's talking absolutely and you know what else it is it's about repeating yourself so you talk about rhythm. Rhythm is such a wonderful thing. We're going to have so much rhythm. You're going to see so much rhythm. It's going to be so rhythmic. I know so many big words like rhythmic. Really great. Tony, that was creepy. Isn't it? Yeah, oh, my God. Rhythm. That's the best I've heard. Well done. Oh, you, you need to start ringing in some military installations over in the US and just start, you know, I don't know, launching weapons and wars for the crack and go, hey, what's going on? But that is uh, phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just start giving executive orders in President Trump's voice. And, uh, <laughs> Could you my God. Start pardoning people, releasing prisoners, going, here yeah. we go. What, what's going on? Just absolute, absolute chaos. Yeah, yeah um, I should do that. No, I was going to say, who's next on the list? Uh, oh, I, okay. So I was saying, well, I was saying before that, um, I was saying before that the Peaky Blinders are the ones that really got me, uh, that really kind of got me out there. There's a big fan base there. And so I started to do Tommy Shelby, which was an impression that's also fucking involved, eh? 
started off with a whisper, <clears throat> and then I realised that what I have to do is put more pressure on my throat. Yeah. Now go on. <clears throat> Fuck off. Not literally, that's just how he says it. <laughs> like it'd be an abrupt ending to the interview. It'd be like, okay, yeah. thanks, uh, Tony, that was uh, <laughs> yeah. awkward. Uh, exactly, <laughs> yeah. That's how I ended. But then, of course, right, he was not the only one, because there was Alfie Solomon. Uh, he was also something that, uh, right, people, well, fucking love him, mate. Right, because he has got <laughs> godly powers. All right, mate. Well, listen, it's uh, it's definitely a welcome break seeing your impressions during, uh, you know, if, if, during the, the year that we're having. So what is your Instagram and Twitter and YouTube? I know you're all over the place, but what's your handle so that people can kind of subscribe and check out some of the other videos you've done? Thanks a lot. Yeah, so it's Tony Lapidus um, Impressions. Uh, that's on all of them. That's on Instagram. Um, that's on Twitter. That's on YouTube and Facebook. Um, so Tony Lapidus Impressions, if you want, you can spell out for them. In fact, I will. Uh, I'll do it in Trump's voice. How about that? So it's A. No, sorry. (laughs) So it's L A P. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. ID, US. US, like the USA. So, yeah, so it's that's only Lapidus' impressions uh, on all of those uh, those forums. Uh, well, listen, it's it's definitely some, some wholesome impressionist content that we need right now, just to take your mind off the misery for about five minutes. But listen, Tony, thanks a million for popping on. Very best of luck with the, the rest of the impressions, and, and hopefully, you know, the world will get normal in a, in a few months' time, Absolutely. and we can maybe see more of you out and about on stage. But listen, it's been a pleasure having you on FM 104 tonight. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Long. Room 104, it's Cormac and Saoirse here. I think in the age of mask wearing that we're in at the moment, body language is becoming a little bit more important. I think we have to kind of rely on the gestures people are making now that we can't hear as well, nor see their lips and their facial features. Yeah, definitely. And I think body language is important in all aspects of life. You know, when you meet somebody pre-COVID you know you can tell a lot by someone's Ah, body language but where the line blurs for me is can someone be more attractive to you just by maybe looking at their body language I don't know 
Does someone have like a sexy walk that they do, you know, strolling into the <laughs> nightclub? You're like, oh, hello. You're like, I wasn't going to, you know, be attracted, but you've got certain things that are just doing it for me. But um, apparently body language is obviously very, very important for communication, but can be interesting and impactful when it comes to your attractiveness or when you find somebody else kind of physically appealing. To talk a little bit more about the impact body language has on our seduction and attraction, joined on the line now by Professor of Leadership and Organisational Psychology, Professor Ronald Riggio. Sir, how are you? Fine, good. How are you? We're doing good, Ronald. Now, I found this really interesting because I kind of just thought that you're either an attractive person or you're not. Yeah, well, our research shows that there's, you know, there's more to attractiveness than just the way a person looks, you know, what we might call being beautiful or handsome or, you know, that that uh, sort of to steal from a George Harrison Beatles song, uh, something in the way the person moves, uh, you mm. know, can attract you. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think there, there might be certain certain gestures or body positions that might come across as either, I don't know, is shy attractive for some people or if, you know, looking maybe weak or scared obviously isn't going to elicit the same responses as different ones. But in your kind of research and in your view and what you've discovered and learned, what are some attractive, positive kind of actions that we take with our bodies? Yeah. So let me let me sort of set the stage first. So the one thing is it's it's fairly complicated. So it's not like um, a particular you know body language is not like a language like like English is a language right where mm. words have particular meanings. So a specific gesture now certain gestures right if you uh, you know obscene gestures and things like that everybody understands that. But for most of the the nonverbal cues, the body language cues, the more subtle kinds of cues, um, there's no direct interpretation of it. And so you have to always be looking at the context, too. But if you think about, like, your body language in terms of attraction, so you're in a pub or you're, you know, yeah. or you're in a, uh, at a party or something like that, and you look across the room, and what are some of the cues you might be looking for in another person that might indicate interest? And um, so obviously one is eye contact. If the person's making more than normal eye contact, Again, you have to take that into context, too. They might be staring at you for some other reason, right? You've got a stain on your on your shirt or blouse or something <laughs> like that. But uh, but pretty much if they're if they're looking at you, if they're holding their gaze a little bit longer than normal, that might be a, a cue of interest. The orientation of your body. So are you facing toward the person or, you know, with sort of more an open posture, you know, arms not crossed across your chest or whatever. So, you know, we look for those kinds of things. So you look at at eye contact, you look at orientation of the body. The the big one that we found in our research is what we call positive affect, right? So if you're trying to be attractive to someone or if you're trying to find out if someone else is is interested in you, generally you're going to feel you're going to you're going to read positive cues. So there's going to be smiling instead of frowning, right? I mean, some of that, that's just common sense, right? But we actually did a study where we asked people to try to be seductive. And then we videotaped them. And then we asked, uh, you know, judges to come in and and, uh, determine how seductive they were, you know, who looked seductive. And what we found is if you had a lot of positive affect, people saw that as seductive. 
But if you had negative affect, in other words, if the, the facial expressions looked more on the negative side, nobody saw that as seductive. So, so one thing you want to do is you want to be positive. You don't want to be negative with all aspects of your body. Maybe, sir, you're just going into like bars with a moany face on you. And that's why no one's coming near you. Well, do you know what's yeah. really weird? Now that you're talking about uh, eye contact, I hate eye contact. Even if I really like someone, I will literally never look them in the eye. I hate it. Yeah. And, and that's another thing that comes into play. So you have to, and again, like context, but part of context is individual differences. So some people, you know, are, are more sensitive to eye contact to, you know, as you are, uh, Sersha, you know, that, that what it, um, eye contact creates arousal, right? And that arousal can be positive or negative. So obviously, if we're about to um, get angry at somebody and attack them, we engage in eye contact, we stare them down, right? Mm. But, you know, also in a positive way, that eye contact can be, um, you know, can be seductive, can be, can uh, be a cue of attraction, someone's really interested in you. But again, individual differences come into play. And some people just can't hold that gaze, because it makes them too anxious. And have you studied like how much emphasis is actually put on the body language as opposed to the looks themselves? Yeah, well, I mean, we didn't, we looked at, so what one of the studies that we did is we looked at all elements of attraction. So basically we took still photos of people, we had videotapes of them, and we looked at things like facial attractiveness versus the attractiveness of the body. And we found that, you know, there were lots of elements, there were lots of what we call components that make up attractiveness. But the one that was, I think, the most interesting, we called it dynamic attractiveness. And that goes back to that something in the way the person moves. And some of that was related to personality. So we also had given these people uh, traditional personality inventories. So, for example, extroverts tended to be more seen as more attractive than introverts. And part of that was because extroverts engage in, you know, tended to engage in more gesturing, more outward focused kinds of movements toward the other person. Introverts tend to be a little more, you know, closed off. So I don't know, Sersha, you, you mentioned about the, the eye contact making you nervous. So maybe you're more on the introverted side or, or you're a high arousal. You have sort of a high arousal personality where a little eye contact gets you kind of nervous, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I wouldn't say I'm an introvert in any way. So maybe that is the case. But I just like thinking back to people I might have been attracted to. It was very rare that I would look at this really good looking guy who had a six pack and had all this kind of going for them. I always kind of went for the not so attractive guy, but I found something about them. And it must have been maybe their body language. Yeah. The way they move, right? The, the, mm. and, and, and it, you know, it makes a difference. I mean, and there are, there are people, even some actors and actresses, you know, that, that are not, you know, classic beauties or whatever, but they're, they're considered to be attractive. And it's really about their personalities more than their, you know, their actual physical characteristics. Did you at all look into the split between male and female or is this kind of just broad for everyone? We did. And, and, and of course, it gets more complicated as when you think about those kinds of things. So obviously, 
Um, there are kind of like social rules or what we call norms about, you know, how uh, men should behave versus how women should behave. Women are, uh, you know, are expected to be a, a little less shy. Men are, are, are expected to be a little more kind of um, uh, not forceful, but, you know, more agentic, more more forward. Um, and, you know, women might be, a, you know, it might be kind of more of the norm for women to be a little bit shy, uh, coquettish, as you might, you might call it. And, and but these are traditional stereotypes, right? And some and then you have to look at the the partner, too. So or the, you know, the targeted person, some men like more forward, assertive women, some men like more um, submissive kinds of women, uh, vice versa, right? So What's a what's a woman uh, looking for in a man? It might and you know, Sersha, you said you you look for the kind of more quiet type rather than the more outgoing kind of. Type. Oh God, yeah, hundred percent. I I hate somebody that wants to be center of attention or you know. I've been there. I've done that, and I absolutely don't like it. <laughs> so someone that's you, quiet, intelligent, that just that you sits back and agrees and just claw away <laughs> yeah. at life. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Um, cool. So uh, if and when, right, if and when we get out of this lockdown and these uh, fabled places called bars and pubs and nightclubs open back up and maybe you want to just ditch the online Zoom dates and find yourself a real human being in the real world, some of the things you're su- suggesting are that maybe to try and be in a good, positive mood and that that's one of the things that will give off a more attractive vibe if you're trying to attract someone else. Yeah, definitely the the positive affect was uh, was a big part of it. So, you know, sm- I mean, obviously smiling as opposed to scowling, right? Now, the, again, though, you got to regulate it because too much smiling, you look, you know, you look sort of silly, right? You look, insane. <laughs> you look, like, <laughs> right? You look like you're losing it or something. But, but um, and, and, you know, and it, smiles can be... Um, you know, you can have all kinds of smiles. I mean, think about the Mona Lisa, right? And the, and people have, for for centuries, have tried to decipher what is she smiling about. And so we can have those kind of very simple, subtle smiles or big big grins, you know, showing all of our teeth. And and probably when it comes to seduction, you want to be a little more subtle with your smiling. It's good advice. Now, would you advise people um, fake it? To fake it? You know, I mean, I think... You have to you have to make it clear that you're interested in someone, right? Because if not, if you if the person senses from your body language that you're closed off and you're not interested, then they may move on. And so you do have to show some return. You can't, you know, mm. be be completely stoked, right? Um, and now, whether that's faking it or not, now you know, and, that, and that's difficult. I've I've dealt a lot with this issue. We've done um, research on, you know, what we call impression formation. What kind, you know, and I, I, you know, if we talk about impression management, that's a that's a, a kind of a fine line, right? We want to manage our impression. We want to appear competent. We want to appear, for example, in this situation, we want to appear like we're interested in other people. We're not turned off by other people. Um, But you also want to be authentic. And so it is a very, very fine line. I actually wrote a piece called The Dangerous Art of Impression Management, right? 
And uh, actually, to to illustrate the article, I used James Bond, right? Because Mm. if you think about it, he can fit in all kinds of situations and is very good at impression management, but that's part of his job being an undercover spy, right? When it comes to relationships, we also want to be authentic. We We don't want to be a phony. We don't want to be someone that we're not. So it really is complex and it takes a lot of work. Body language, if you think about it, we spend a lot of time learning language when we're very young. Our, you know, our parents and our teachers teach us how to speak and teach us the meaning of words. Nobody yeah. gives us classes in body language. We have to sort of learn it on our own and uh, learn it over time. And again, just I suppose to reiterate that it's it's not a clear yes and no, and it's probably a hell of a there's a lot of gray areas with a lot of different things factoring in. So if and when we do get back into a bar, just because someone is smiling and laughing doesn't mean that they're madly in love with you. So maybe you just you know play that one by ear as well. But listen, Ron, it's been an absolute pleasure. Where can people find you online that want to check out more your work and more of the stuff you're doing? Yeah, I'm a regular blogger on Psychology Today. And uh, and uh, because I'm a leadership professor, I do a lot on leadership, but I also do a lot on body language, which was the original area that I studied and continue to study. So psychologytoday.com. You can check it out there and uh, at Ron Riggio on uh, Twitter as well. But listen, Professor, thanks a million for popping on and we will chat you again soon. Okay, thank you very much. FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.